Interested in upgrading or downgrading your home? First time buyer? TPS, DACA, or ITIN? Not a problem. Call or text Yamilef Estrada with the MG team at Rowe Real Estate for all your real estate needs at 479-616-8854. And we're back. This is episode 70, I believe 76 of the District 3 podcast. My name is Irvin. Uh, Manny is actually not here with us this week. He's actually on vacation. He'll be back in two weeks. But joining us as a special guest host is a former uh, guest of the show, Suzuki Monares. Yes, Suzuki Monares. Yes. Hello, everyone. I'm welcome um, to this podcast, and I'm super excited to be here again and to see what we have prepared for you guys. And Suzuki, you're on Univision Arkansas every day? Is it every an everyday day. thing? Yes, every day. Um, and what channel uh, is it? Locally. 14. Point one. 14.1 locally and over, that's over there but like the other ones I don't know <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible no I don't remember <laughs> I only know 14.1 it's free and it's local and you you actually were out of the state right what were you doing I saw you were, I saw your Instagram yes, you were uh, posting went, some pictures in Colorado right what were you yes, up to over I there I went to Colorado I have family over there okay we, we never actually met them Oh. It's uh, my cousins, my dad's cousins, my uncles, mm. and we, my parents met, my dad met them in Chihuahua back in a long time ago, Okay. and they just never connected again, and then I told my dad, oh, my dream has always been to go to Denver, and I had a week off, and I was like, I didn't do anything, let's well go visit them, mm. and I mean, it's, I liked it, it's just different, it's different, especially with the pandemic going on, it's def- definitely different to travel, but I went skiing. And I went to Royal George Bridge, a canyon, and it was so much fun. I mean, it was just my family. We just met them, like, hi, how are you? And after that, we just went and traveled and explored the great state of Colorado. You know, we kind of, my wife and I kind of did something similar. We went to California, uh-huh. and she hadn't met my family over there in California, okay. right? So we went over there, Monterey County, visited my family. We were there for like two or three days, uh-huh. and then we went to the beach. We were at the beach, it was nice, and it's like, it's cool when you can like see family and at the same time just enjoy yourself, Yes, I mean, I went to Colorado and I was like, I told my dad, if you go to Colorado, you have to ski. Mm. I mean, I mean, when you go, when you hear Colorado, what do you hear, like snow? Is that where Aspen's at? Colorado? I think so, I'm not sure. I went to Denver and then I went to, um, when we went skiing, it's called, um, it's Loveland, and it's like a little, kind of like a resort to ski, and it was so much fun, I mean. It looks easier on TV than it actually is, and especially wearing a mask, climbing mm. up the hills. You were tired by the time you were up, and then I, I sucked. I'm, I'm gonna just say it. No salida del piso. I was always on the floor. I mean, I if you're, if you're kind of new, that's kind of expected of you, right? Yeah. To just fall out. But I my remember... brother got the hang of it. Like my brother, he did the snowboard, and I mean, uh. I, he got the hang of it. And I, I tried three hours in the training for mm. little kids and I would see two-year-old kids ski like right past me like <laughs> if they were pros and I would hear like oh, it kind of reminds oh. me of like when you just like uh, skate on the Jones Center ice rink ice skating you know? is easier it's is it? Okay. I, I know how to ice skate and I mean I'm not a pro I ask because I would be falling down all the time and I see I little kids it. just running past me like yes nothing, you know? see that by skiing I, I I can't roller skate but I can ice skate it's mm. weird I don't know I think I'm more I feel more se- like secure when I ice skate because it's like the snow yeah. and like I mean the ice you can fall can, on it and it just doesn't uh, hurt that uh-huh, much but I mean like 
like the, the ice kind of helps you support yeah. like a little bit more balance and then like roller skate it's just the road and the mm -hmm. dirt and you don't have balance at all and i think i don't have balance because i took classes <laughs> and i couldn't i couldn't roller skate but i could ski and ice skiing i mean i, I could ice skate but i can't ski i try skiing i watch those videos the mm. pizza and the fries and <laughs> was like, that don't work. <laughs> I feel you on that. So like when you when you come back from a vacation like that, sometimes either you like really miss where you were at uh -huh. or you are glad to be back because of certain reasons. Like you prefer to be here than be over there. What what did you take from that trip? Like were you kinda like, Man, I missed that snow uh -huh. or were you like, Man, I'm glad I'm glad I don't have to deal with that snow anymore? I missed Arkansas. Mm. because it's my home and yeah. I miss my cat I have a cat mm. and he, I, I missed him yeah. but when I came back you kind of miss Colorado too because mm. it's a different it's completely different it's yeah. a bigger city yeah. and it's uh, the atmosphere is just different it's just different different in all aspects because um, over there because of the pandemic everything's closed mm. so I had to eat in the car and uh, it's not as fun eating in the car as eating yeah. in, your, in the actual restaurant. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I mean, to visit for the first time, it was fun. Mm -hmm. But just because of the pandemic, it yeah. was just different. I mean, you gotcha. couldn't eat inside the restaurants. Mm -hmm. You have to wear your mask. A lot of stuff were like, um, really, it was, I mean, you have to always wear your mask. Mm -hmm. But it's just like, you don't really have as much of a freedom, I guess, you have yeah. here. Because in Arkansas, we are able to go eat our restaurants. And I'm like, when I came back, I was like... Oh, I miss eating at restaurants like normal because eating at the car, fast food or whatever, it's just horrible. Like we went to a Mexican restaurant. I actually enjoy that though. I like, I no? like, I like, yeah. like I'll be driving. Like if you see me sometimes in the road, I'll be driving and I have a burrito in my right hand. <laughs> yeah. And it's dangerous. I don't do it in front of my yeah. wife because she'll yell at me. Right. But when I'm by myself and like, I need to do something, but I need to eat. Yeah. I don't mind. I mean, it I, at and... first you don't mind, but later you kind of do because you're like, oh my God, like, you have to take it to the, like the hotel, eat the there. The car smells like Yeah. Food. The car, like we got birria and Ooh, it stinks. Stinks. <laughs> it stinks. And then it was like, and the car, my dad was like, I have to wash this car. Like we went yeah. to local cars, like car wash and we had to clean mm -hmm. it because birria stinks. I mean, it it's does. so good. But it's just so smelly. And it's really messy, too. It's really messy. Like, you get it. We got quesadillas. What even is that? It's, it's, like, it's like goat. What is it? Goat something, right? I guess. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, Tijuana, we make a lot of birria, but I don't even know it. I should know this. I should know this, too, but I don't it's know. It's messy, though. But it's messy, and it's delicious, but mm. it's just so messy. Especially la, el consume. Yeah. Like, the soup is just so messy. It's just... But it was... It just stinks. But other than that, <laughs> it was a lot of fun, and I enjoyed it a lot. Colorado is a, definitely a state that everyone should visit. It's definitely, really nice. definitely. Well, we're excited to have you as a guest host, Suzuki, and we're gonna take this quick music break, and we'll be right back with our guest. We're gonna play a little "World on Fire" by Stick Figure. We'll be right back after this quick break.
<laughs> and if you hear that laugh from the background, it's our guest, uh, yeah. policy director and communication specialist for the Arkansas Coalition for Marshall Vs, Michelle Pedro. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I, I feel very blessed to be here. And and we're all here with masks. We're all being safe. We're all distant from each other uh, just to continue having the show and, and continue educating our community on what's going on. And we brought Michelle here today because uh, there was a good news uh, for the Marshallese community last week in regards to health care coverage. But before we get to that, um, I just want to talk a little bit about you, Michelle. Um, you currently work at ACOM, which is the Arkansas Coalition for Marshallese. Um, how did your journey begin there? How did you, when did you start there and, and uh, how's it been so far? So I actually started last year <clears throat> as uh, Melissa brought me on to do census work and um, just doing outreach just to count people and get them more involved with census and civic engagement. Um, we wanted to feel like, okay, they're a part of this community and the uh, Marshallese are not just here in Arkansas, but in every state. Mm -hmm. I feel like um, if you are Pacific Islander, most most people think that okay, you're Samoan. Mm -hmm. like, oh no no, we're we're different. You know, we're um, we're Micronesian. Samoans are Polynesian. Yeah. And so there's two different. Um, they're more Southern Pacific, and we're Northern Pacific Islanders. And uh, when people talk about Kofa Nation they think about Marshallese, and COFA is um, the Compact of Free Association. It's Republic of Palau, Federated States of Micronesia, and Mar Republic of Marshall Island. And so when people think about COFA, though, they do automatically think just Marshallese, mm. and it's not just Marshallese. And um, so we started with census work, and then Melissa thought, okay, how about if we hire you full-time? full, full -time? to do um, policy work with the youth and just getting people more um, civically engaged with the community and mm. activate the community more that way. And I was just like, yeah, you know, let me think about it. I also work at Children's Hospital here in Springdale and I love that job. Mm. It's during this year with the pandemic, it's been really trying. My bad. <laughs> um, my, bad. Uh, my coworkers are great though. They've been a really great team to work with and I just, I just love my doctors and my nurses. They, they've been working so hard every single day since this pandemic hit here. Um, the financial counselors have been really helpful with the Marshallese community here and just trying to navigate those resources for people, especially people who don't have access to insurance um, or even know the resources that are available to them. So. Um, with the girls that I work with, they they really teach me how to you know talk to not just Marshallese but other other races, other nationalities on you know insurance and what is financially available to them. Like uh, we also have the financial assistance program at Children's, and not a lot of people know about that program. It's to help people who don't qualify for Medicaid um, with finances for their med medical. Um, medical issues there and so I feel very blessed to work there. I also feel very blessed to work at Arkansas Coalition of Marshallese, ACOM. Um, when I first started working here in Arkansas, I, I started off as a care coordinator for the state. Okay. And that's a really hard job. <laughs> Just learning about the different um, passes that Arkansas has for Medicaid 
was really like an eye-opener and then mm. as I progressed here and started working with Arkansas Coalition of Marshallese we um, with census after that was done um, I started helping with Obamacare and that was that was a real eye-opener in itself I was just like oh my gosh all of these people really do need help mm-hmm. um, I didn't really understand insurance until I started doing Obamacare mm-hmm. and people were asking me so what is the difference with you know this plan or this plan why do I need insurance in the first place like I know you don't think you need insurance but once you get to the hospital they're gonna bill you Mm -hmm. and they're gonna yeah a lot Mm -hmm. a lot and they don't understand that because in Marshall we don't have insurance companies there it's just a hospital, and you go there. And when you say Marshall, you mean the Marshall Islands, right? Yeah, the okay. Marshall Islands. So when you go to the hospital in Marshall Island, um, not the one where the military base is at, mm-hmm. but the one on Medjero, it's the capital there. And so you go there, you see a doctor. We don't have specialists there like, like we do here in the States. <clears throat> and so going there, you just pay $5 for them to get send you off with Tylenol or something. Mm. But I think that it's gotten a lot, lot better. Um, we have nurses and doctors there who really do care about the people there and their health. And so they try to tell when people move from Marshall Island to the States, they try to you know tell them, okay, so when you get there, it's a lot different. There's health insurance you have to wor- worry about. There's um, rent you have to worry about. A lot of the times people come here and they think everything is free mm-hmm. because of what they think of Medicaid is free, um, driver's license for, for example. We, we get driver's license over there, but over here there's a lot of steps to take. There's yeah. a lot of paperwork mm-hmm. and it's not like over there where, okay, go and take the test and you're good. Here there's paperwork, there's that written test, there's the driver's test and some people just don't think that it's it's you know it's a real big issue Mm -hmm. but it's different when you're coming from a different country and you don't know where to navigate where where to go to find these resources or these help it's like going to a different country and learning a different language and you tell these people this is what you need to do and then send them off and like yeah can you show me what to do? Like, mm-hmm. what's the steps? And some people don't realize that they're, you know, you need to actually hold their hand and say, here, let me help you find this and this and this. With Medicaid, um, a lot of people didn't understand that uh, Marshallese didn't, for years, Marshallese didn't qualify or were eligible for Medicaid here in the States. And it was not just Marshallese, it was Kofa citizens. Kofa communities were really impacted when that happened in, um, when they did, redid the, the compact. And mm-hmm. so having that was a real big issue because the, you know, the United States said that it was you know, unintentional. Yeah. It might, be, it might have been unintentional, but you still didn't let us qualify or were eligible for that. And yeah. So a lot of people were suffering because of that. And with the pandemic, a lot of people died because they didn't think that it would ever happen for us to get to to qualify for uh, 
Medicaid. And I, I know it's a lot of confusion around that here in Arkansas, but in states around Arkansas, COFA, mi COFA migrants <clears throat> were still, you know, fighting for that um, to qualify, to be eligible to qualify for Medicaid in different states, not just here in Arkansas. Um, also in, um, for SNAP. There's a lot of stories about SNAP benefits. Federal benefits, just in general, here in the United States for COFA citizens, is something we should be able to qualify for. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people think we do qualify, but when they fill out the paperwork, it's, yeah. it's hard because, you know, there's a lot of wording. Yeah. And I see the Medicaid application here, and I just like, I don't want to fill that out. That's a lot of words. Mm -hmm. And, and for those that don't know, like, the United States did nuclear testing in the Marshall Islands in the mid-1900s. It was the 1950s? Wait, yeah, early 1940s. 1940s? Yeah. And um, they didn't make it, e like, once they told uh, Marshall Island folks, you know, like, y'all can come over here, they didn't really create a path for you all to come here and be comfortable. Like, it's like, you're still having to figure out, you know, the driver license issue. Right, yeah. You're having to figure out... Uh, the health care issue as well and at the same time it's like we did as a country we did all this damage mm -hmm. to your land but you are still struggling today right. six actually 80 years later right so it's yeah, more than more than 80 years plus I feel like people don't really understand the impact that nuclear you know Chernobyl was acknowledged mm -hmm. Japan, when that happened to Japan, that was acknowledged. Mm -hmm. Puerto Rico, even though it's just barely getting acknowledged, they're still acknowledged. Mm -hmm. But the things that happened to Marshall, not a lot of people are hearing about it. Yeah. And so when we raise our voices for that, people are just like, what? And it's like, you really need to know your history. I just started learning about my own history when I was in high school. And so telling my parents like asking them what happened they're like oh you know we, we didn't talk about it because we were embarrassed mm -hmm. it was you know something it wasn't like embarrassed but like they felt like you know they couldn't talk about it mm -hmm. because it was they they thought that okay we let them do this to us mm. that kind of mm -hmm. shame yeah. and so <clears throat> just asking them questions about what happened and where do we go from there it was just like their their questions yeah and so having that those conversations with my parents and then with people who in Oregon when I moved to Oregon people were you know advocating for COFA for health insurance for COFA there and <clears throat> I asked uh, one of my brother-in-laws like so what is it that we're really advocating for and he said mm -hmm. you know we we, um, it's like we traded our land and asked people to, you know, protect us and doing this in finger quotations, protect yeah. us. Mm -hmm. And in turn, they will give us Medicaid, um, access to federal benefits like SNAP and stuff. And, you know, it's, it shouldn't be a trade. Yeah. It should be something that we should be given. I mean, I, I don't want to sound entitled to it. Mm -hmm. I just feel like the the way he said it was I don't know how to put it. He said it's 
said that. I definitely don't think it, well, I, myself as an American myself, you know, even though I am like a like son of an immig- of immigrants, um, I don't see it as y'all being entitled to it. I see it as y'all being deserving of it, right? Specifically, I mean, all the damage that was caused, you know, not only just to the physical land, but to the people, you know, I know there's still people, you know, with underlying conditions mm-hmm. that root from that, you know, and, and right. I know that that uh, even today people are still having to deal with that and, and the fact that like we don't we haven't made it easier for you all is is very like disappointing and and uh really regrettable you know and and um do you feel like as were you were you born in the marshall islands or were you born here no i was born and raised in california okay. but my parents were born there my great-grandparents um they came to live with us when i was very little my grandmother, my great-grandmother actually had, um, she had breast cancer and one of her breasts she had to um, cut off, so, and that was due to the radiation. <clears throat> a lot of our families suffer from cancer and they're wondering if that was stemmed from the radiation. It is. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them, you know, with our food, we, we didn't have access to our food, our natural foods like fish or the breadfruit, because of the radiation, um, we had mutated food for a long time and still to this day. And so when people, I hate when people say, why are they coming here with diabetes or mm. with their diseases? I'm just like, uh, yeah. you guys did this to us. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I mean, I want to say that, but I, I, it's like, I don't want to be rude about it. Yeah. I just want to be like, okay, it's because, you know, the radiation, because of those nuclear bombs, and because we felt like we were being guinea pigs. No. We were being tested on over and over again. Over 60-plus nuclear bombs were tested. And so when people think about, you know, radiation, they, they think about Chernobyl. Oh, so it was that bad? Like, yes, but it was. I think it was worse. I think, you know, being bombed over and over again, yeah. that's more more worse than Chernobyl, more worse than, sorry, my English, is, my grammar is just right now, but <laughs> <laughs> it's worse than, mm-hmm. I think, than Japan, but I think no matter what, how, no matter how many times you've been bombed, every place that's been bombed, they have people. And so lives matter, mm-hmm. you know, their lives, no matter how much you say one or the other is more important, it's not. Yeah. Everybody's lives at that point in time when they're being bombed, it's just, how can you look at that and say, oh, well. Mm-hmm. So it's, I know that the journey for uh, Marshallese folks to get healthcare coverage has been super long mm-hmm. and it kind of feels like it never really gets anywhere. Right. Um, back in 2000, I believe 2018, uh, there was a provision done or an amendment. Uh, it wasn't like a law or anything, but there was something that they fixed where uh, Marshallese children right. were able to have access to our kids, right? Right. And how, how has that made an impact in your community? So now a lot of our kids are going, you know, to their doctor's appointments. Um, it's still a lot of education to that. Mm-hmm. Our parents are thinking, oh, we still don't qualify. I have one mom who I was talking about earlier. Who, she had to go to the DHS office a few times. 
just to advocate that you know her kids needed SNAP or Medicaid. Um, just getting through that that window was hard for her because she said automatically the girl told her you don't qualify. She said I do qualify. We we should qualify. Um, Marshall Lee should qualify, and she just looked at her and said, no, you don't qualify. Mm. And so when she told me that story, I was really heartbroken because her her husband, he has um, health issues. Mm. And so they both work at the same place, <clears throat> at this one um, hospital, hospitality uh, hotel, mm. and uh, they both make about $11 an hour. And I asked her if I could share her story, and she said, yeah, that was, yeah, I would be okay. Um, and for her to go through that process of going to the DHS over and over just to say that they need Medicaid for their kids um, was heartbreaking. And I told her, you know, don't give up. Yeah. Keep going. And she she said that she did qual finally qualify because she raised her voice against that one person. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess her supervisor was there and he said, you know what, here, let's let's talk about this and so he got he actually helped her with um, getting access to Medicaid for her kids mm -hmm. um, now helping her and her husband with Obamacare that was uh, something really interesting because she said that they had actually lost their jobs mm -hmm. or they had um, their hours uh, cut because of the pandemic mm -hmm. and so having them um, tell me that, you know, report that life change with their Obamacare was really um, heartbreaking because she just said that they just started the process of, uh, you know, filling out the paperwork and they didn't know if they would qualify because they were both working. And I said, you're low income, you might qualify for Medicaid, but we're not sure. Yeah. It's all up to DHS from that point. And so after um, going through that process with Obamacare, they said that they would send them to Medicare, mm -hmm. uh, Medicaid. And um, when I told her, look out for that, that um, letter in the, the mail, she said, oh my gosh, thank you. And I said, no, that's, you know, that's just part of my job, but look for that letter, that denial or approval letter. And if you're approved, great, there's gonna be more paperwork. If you're denied, I'm sorry, bring that denial letter and we'll do a, a life report there. But I'm pretty sure they would qualify because they're both like they've lost their you know hours in, um, in their income basically because of the pandemic and it's really hard some of our families are just like you know they're struggling they have one worker in the home um, hearing Albius stories about families that mm -hmm. one particular gentleman whose wife passed away um, and yep. they have kids a few kids and they had to quarantine and so hearing his story and his struggles, I'm just like, are there any others? And there were so yeah. many. Um, our office has just been bombarded with I people bet. yeah, asking for rental assistance because they're in quarantine or they're, you know, they're suffering because they need access to food. So that food pantry really helped. Um, when we opened it up, we didn't know how many people were going to even respond. Mm -hmm. And so with Faith, Every day she gets like about 300 some applications. Oh, really? Yeah. And I'm just like, you need help. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so 
she was like, yeah, I, I have a lot of people complaining because their food hasn't um, been delivered yet. And she's mm -hmm. like, okay, so what do we do from that point on? Just finding little ways to, to reach out to the community um, with food insecurity. That's why we, we're, we're advocating for um, SNAP mm -hmm. and for Medicaid because a lot of people are just struggling and it's really hard and it's not just Marshallese it's it's you know it's Americans in general mm -hmm. it's everybody across the nation I'm just like I feel very grateful because with that um, Yahweh gift project we didn't think that would would happen so fast mm -hmm. um, and that that project was you know we wanted to give back to those kids who lost their families mm -hmm. or their parents or caregivers to COVID or just through, you know, this year alone. It's been such a big number in the Marshallese community, yeah. right? Because right. I know that like I've, I before the pandemic got super serious, like I would go, whenever I would go visit like someone that was deceased at a, at a cemetery, you know, to go visit loved ones. Um, like I, the Marshallese folks have like their own section in the cemetery oh, that I, I went to. That. Yeah, like they have <laughs> their own, they have <laughs> their own section. I, I thought that was really cool. But then, like a few weeks ago, I saw that that uh, like someone had made a video about the cemetery, sh like showing that section, and there was more people. Mm -hmm. There was like way more people. There was more uh, graves that you can tell were new, yeah. right? Especially in the Marshallese community, yeah. and it's so sad because I know that like the same as, as the Marshallese community, the Latinx community also yeah. is very like family yeah. oriented. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very unfortunate because, I mean, folks have to work, right? Like, they have to bring food to their family or also put in situations where they have to reach out to organizations like yeah. ACOM. Um, and folks, you know, have to continue going to work at the poultry factories, going to work at all these different locations. And then they come back to their household that has a lot of family members. Right. You know, and I know that the Marshallese community is very similar to the Latinx community where we have a lot of people on one, under one roof. Yeah, yeah multi-generational homes. And I'm just like, okay, so these, these landlords, they don't really realize, like, okay, you're kicking out these people who are in quarantine. Do you really want to spread that mm. to, you know, other places? And I feel like some landlords are really, they're really gracious with it, but then some of them are not. Mm -hmm. And some of those people are, you know, their their uh, their their representatives here in the state. You mm -hmm. know, most of them are um, what are the real estate agents, and it's just yeah. like, are you really going to be that heartless towards our people, like towards people here in Arkansas mm -hmm. to to our Kansas, our Kansans? Mm -hmm. Am I really going to be shot if I say that wrong? <laughs> I heard yeah. that if you say our that's no, okay. It's <laughs> wrong, you get shot. Um, but yeah, for you know, if you live here in Arkansas and you're proud to live here, wouldn't you be proud to take care of your own people, like take care of the people that live here, especially the people that you represent? Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you be more understanding and more, you know, inclined to help those people that, especially people who, you know voted for you or even like supported you in you know whatever you were doing to mm -hmm. represent them I feel like a lot of our representatives do want to help but don't know how to yeah. and so um, reaching out to them and just building those relationships mm -hmm. is just something that we 
we really try to uh, we believe that if you build those relationships they will understand mm -hmm. or at least try to understand and I feel like Medicaid when I reached out to um, Representative Bozeman and uh, Congressman uh, Womack. Womack, yeah, um, getting those emails back, I just like, okay, one emailed me really fast, and the yeah. other one was just like, hey, just to let you know, it's in talks, it's, mm -hmm. it's gonna happen, and I felt like, okay, when I got that email, and that day, uh, Sunday, I just was over the moon. I was so emotional. I, I couldn't hold it in. We were at the mall. I we just I just finished, you know, drinking a glass of wine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and my husband was just like, "What's going on?" I was like, "I think I think it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. I think we did it." And then Melissa called and she's like, "We got to hop on. We need to do this uh, uh, Zoom virtual meeting and like why what's going on and that was last friday was it last friday or it thursday it was sunday night oh sunday night last yeah night. sunday night i got that email and then she called and so we did that and she's like you know we're gonna do a press release and i was like okay i'm on it worked on it that whole night and i was just really tired because then i had to work in the morning at children's yeah. <laughs> and so doing that and um i had really really great people helping me write that press release mm -hmm. And so I just wanted to give a shout out to them, you know, Bonnie Kwan, um, Ben Avanzo, and um, all the people that work with Bonnie, all the people that, all the COFA, COFA leaders, um, all of you guys who have helped us to this point, I'm just really grateful. I just really feel really, really blessed to be a part of that team. Mm -hmm. And so... Can you talk about, like, what that, what the announcement, like, I know we touched on it already a little bit, but... If you can just talk a little bit more about what that announcement means so that, for those that are still that confused. Announcement, um, so when um, Senator Maisie came out to say that, you know, Medicaid will be restored for COFA citizens, it means people who didn't have access to Medicaid will finally have access to Medicaid and be able to take care of themselves mm -hmm. because, you know, with with being, you know, family oriented, we want to take care of ourselves so that way we can take care of our families. Family is really important, and so you know, self care is really important. Taking care of yourself is also taking care of your family, and so having access access to Medicaid really was something that really I feel like a lot of us have been praying for for a long time, especially here in the state because people come here from Marshall Islands and, you know, to go, actually go to the doctors. Um, if you go from Marshall to Hawaii, that's where they're, they're really getting access to health, um, mm. to, to um, hospital or to get to have surgeries done, to um, go see their doctors, especially if they have, you know, if they're really high risk for diabetes and um, thyroid problems, high blood pressure all these underlying health issues, Hawaii's first access. Mm -hmm. um, if they can't go to Hawaii, usually they'll go to like Philippines or Thailand, somewhere else, Taiwan. But they'd rather go to Hawaii. We'd rather go to Hawaii because it's our sister island. Mm -hmm. We feel more comfortable there. Um, so having access to Medicaid, especially since 
Senator Mizu is from Hawaii, she understands like a lot of us need access to healthcare and so Medicaid is the first step. It's like a breath of fresh air, a sigh of relief, you know, mm -hmm. like a weight has been lifted. Yeah. And so But now what that means is that there's more work for you all, right? Because people start asking questions yeah. and <laughs> <laughs> they do. They're like, So can we can we apply for Medicaid now? Like we can try, but um, you know, we're still waiting for the president to sign off on it. And, you know, we were like, Okay, it passed the house. We're like watching and we're still watching, you know. When it passed the house we're like, Yay, okay, okay, now Senate. It always fell through Senate and so just like watching C SPAN. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, Okay, are you guys gonna pass it? Are you gonna are, come on guys? And watching C-SPAN is not the easiest thing to do because you can like you can probably like take a nap just watching that because it gets kind of boring, you know. Well, so I completely understand that struggle. So where is it at right now? Right now it's uh, you know passed the Senate already. It passed the Senate, yes, mm. it did over the weekend, and then so now we're just waiting for the the president to sign it, and I think uh, he he's waiting because you know he wants the stimulus to yeah. bump up to two thousand, which I'm all for. I don't. I don't mind getting that two thousand right? dollars over, <laughs> over six hundred. Um, but when I read, uh, I don't know, I forgot his name. He used to work for um, Bill Clinton, I guess, uh -huh. and he said that that wouldn't be a good thing. So oh yeah, I saw that. Like, uh, that it wouldn't that it wouldn't be good for the economy to get to send everybody two hundred thousand. I mean, two thousand dollars. <laughs> two hundred thousand dollars. I saw your eye twinkle when I said two hundred thousand dollars. No, but I'm just saying that um, the whole process that you guys went through is just like unbelievable. How you were able to push through all those um, obstacles that you guys probably had, because like I like you said everyone has obstacles and you being able to fight for your people is just amazing it's just uh, to applaud because it's something mm -hmm. that i feel like um perseverance is what brings yeah. what we want you know and sometimes we want things to happen fast and sometimes the things that take that happen fast sometimes don't work mm -hmm. but the things that take time sometimes are the ones that prosper mm -hmm. you know right. and knowing that you what you've done is just um, amazing it's just amazing to see how um you never gave up and you give um, uh, um, how can you say persevering yeah and just forward. fighting i think the people before me like um dr joke and uh -huh. peter i have to credit them because you know if it wasn't for them and when he passed away it was just something in the community that said you know we're not going to fight we're not going to give up yeah mm -hmm. we're going to keep going because joe believed in this joke dr peter joke or joke and peter he believed in this um our other Kofa Nation brothers and sisters, they mm -hmm. believed in this. And so, you know, just sticking together, I think it really it really helped because numbers count. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, government sees, you know, the more numbers you have, mm -hmm. the more that they're going to be like, okay, we're being watched. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, big brother's being watched. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, I do feel like a lot of the pressure does kind of fall on, on ACOM to get this kind of work done, right? Because mm -hmm. I kind of feel like... ACOM's your the biggest like biggest martial arts organization that I know, right? Here and it's and it's what I see. Yeah. Well for me it's like that I know. Not yeah. even just Arkansas, just that I that, that's who I see, right? So it's like that's that's a lot of pressure, you know, to to have the responsibility of getting those three hundred messages a day, 
the people relying on you for answers and now coming to you and saying, you know, where can I apply? So where would you say that that process is at right now in regards to applying for Medicaid? Like, so you all are telling people to go ahead and apply now or, or well, they, they can't, right? Because until it gets, until it gets signed into law. I mean, they right? can still apply. Mm -hmm. um, like my, my coworkers at Children's, they were saying, you know, they do, we do um, apply, some, some adults mm -hmm. do apply and um, get eligibility because of their income. It depends okay. on their income. Um, but I still get those those folks that are, are like, you know, I didn't qualify. Yeah. I didn't, I wasn't eligible for Medicaid. And so we go through the application and I'm just like, okay, let's, um, let's see what was, you know, the factor here. Just keep going to DHS. Yeah. <laughs> just like we just keep going to DHS. If we don't qualify today, maybe tomorrow. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just gotta keep on trying. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I think that's what happened with SNAP. Mm -hmm. Was that you know we kept going back saying we need this. This is not working. Try to figure this out. Um, I think Representative Megan Goffrey. I really love her. Mm. She has been really helpful. Uh, Lauren Kellams from Arkansas. Yeah. Um, children's advocacy for children, families and children. She has been really helpful. I think all of our allies. Just I think just having those relationships with our allies and with our brothers and sisters, sticking with them, and you know having them fight with us is really important. You have to have that kind of family and that support. If you don't have that support system, it's just like okay, you're gonna give up. Mm. And um, having those people who who have that resilience, especially like Melissa and um, Dr. Ricklin and the, the Consulate General, Eldon, who really, really um, advocated for this ever since, you know, it it, it became ineligible for, for COPA citizens. They, ever since then, they have shown so much resiliency and um, mm -hmm. perseverance. I was just like, you know, I, I want to be a part of that. I want to be in some way or shape or form be helpful and in doing whatever I can for my community because I have privilege because I'm a US citizen. Yeah. And I want to be able to show that my, my kids that, you know, we can do this for our, our country. We can do this for ourselves. We can do this for our community. It doesn't matter what community you come from, you can do this. Mm -hmm. And you need people in those spaces that are willing to help you. And I think that's it's a beautiful thing when we share something like that. Mm -hmm. um, not just in our families, not just in our communities, in our neighborhoods, in the state. I think um, health insurance is really confusing, mm -hmm. but once you understand it, it's just like, why do we have that? Yeah. You have to have people willing to fight for you, even if it's, if it's just health insurance, mm -hmm. not SNAP. Um, having those, you know, food pantries help, but the system here, it works too good. A lot of people say the system is broken, but it works too good and it should, there's some, it should be changed in a way where it works for the people, not for corporations, yeah. not, not for people who are already rich. People say the system is broken, but it was made to to, to act that way, to right. to work that way, you know. Right. So it's like we can't fix a system that was meant to be 
right. that was meant to be that way. We just gotta have to like change, change the whole it. thing, yeah. like you said. Yeah, and I think um, a lot of people don't understand that. They just think like you we can't do anything, mm-hmm. and then they give up. And I think the more you you understand the system, mm-hmm. the more you understand people, you will fight for people more than the system. You will care more about people than the system, and. It, it actually your human heart the more you care about humans humanity the more you recognize that the system needs to change the yeah. system is not for the people mm-hmm. it's actually for the people that don't want it to change mm-hmm. who want to yep. keep power Definitely. and I think power is meant to, sh- to be shared and the more you, you restrain people the more people are going to fight back mm-hmm. Well, we're, <laughs> we're super appreciative of you, Michelle. Thank you for taking the time to come and do this interview and inform our community and your community as well. We would love to have you in the next few months, so maybe you can kind of give us an update as to where things are. You know, if hopefully by then this uh, legislation has been signed and people are, are getting a uh, bit more access to health care. And I just want to thank you, you know, for everything that you've been doing. I know you helped us out with voter registration a few months ago. <laughs> that was you, fun. Right, <laughs> right. And then you also helped us by translating, uh, uh, like, just, just content from English to Marshallese for, for some campaigns here. So we're really appreciative of you doing that as well because reaching out to Marshallese folks in our community is super important and getting yeah. them more involved in, in the political process is super important. So I just wanted to say thank you. Oh, yeah. Thank you for having me. Um, I also wanted to share that, you know, we're going to have a press release for that. Not press release, a press conference, uh-huh. virtual press conference. Uh, um, yeah, so look out for that. Um, I will text you the details. Um, so once we do have the date for that, uh-huh. um, I think they'll be able to invite people to that press, virtual press conference and um, whoever yeah. has questions can ask there more about the the press release and mm-hmm. um, Medicaid, the process and everything. So if I didn't answer everything, because <laughs> I feel no, like I, I did. Think you did a great job. <laughs> I think you uh, explained everything very well, especially for different communities that probably don't uh, don't understand as well as like the Marshallese community. Just like everything that you did was just, yeah. uh, you detailed everything. I learned a lot. <laughs> I learned a lot. and. It's so um, so grateful to to have the pleasure to meet you, yeah. and obviously to be able to know um, the hardworking person you are. Because like what you said and what I just heard Irene mm-hmm. said, what you did to the community, it's just amazing. I think um, it really shows the kind heart that you have. <laughs> Thank you. I really do appreciate Irvin and his work, and um, especially for DACA recipients. Oh my gosh, I really appreciate the nurses at at work and um, mm. the doctors. Um, they really understand what people are going through and yeah. for them to not for, for ice I actually I really hate ice I really yeah. think that we need to abolish ice abolish ice yeah. hashtag abolish ice please. <laughs> um, it's just it's unfair and mm-hmm. I think people need to understand that these hard-working people are here for a reason yeah they want to be able to help and uh-huh. so it Definitely. all goes back to community and being part of that community so Yes, and thank you for your time once again, Michelle. Uh, Suzuki, thank you for oh, guest hosting. <laughs> and uh, I think this episode will be super important and people will be educated as to what's going on with the Marshallese community. But that's the end of the episode this week. We'll be back next week. Thank you all for your time and have a good rest of your week.
A few minutes after this episode was recorded, uh, we did see the news that President Trump did sign the restoration for Pacific Islanders to have access to Medicaid. Um, So we are happy to see that. We're very happy for the Pacific Islander community and uh, mostly for our local Marshallese community. Good news. Congratulations.